0: Welcome everybody to the Crit Me podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Lunar Games, the creators of Endless Realms. Endless Realms is a tabletop RPG uh, set in the world of Loomis using a D10 system with its very own set of races and creatures. For more information, uh, you can check them out at Endless Realms RPG on every social media or at Lunar Games. Hello everybody this is matthew and this is the first episode of my podcast crit me i just wanted to do this episode as an introduction to myself who i am and what this channel is going to be about so first and foremost uh, myself my name's matthew and i'm a huge nerd i dabble in things like video games, tabletop, uh, d and I run a campaign of a game called Endless Realms for four of my friends. Um, I'm into, you know, everything that's star wars marvel i'm huge in anime i go to a ton of local conventions i'm actually on staff for the one in penticton and i work as a volunteer at pretty much all of the ones that run throughout the okanagan so this podcast is mostly just going to be talking about things that i enjoy and talking with people who are either people who've grown up being nerds themselves or people who have something that I think is worthwhile to share as a creator or as some kind of an artist or anything like that. Now a little bit more about myself personally and just uh my life and all that kind of stuff. Uh so I'm 28. I was born and raised in Kelowna, BC for all of my life. Uh I've been to several countries around the world, uh, like Mexico, Italy, France, um. China. I've traveled and I've seen a lot of the world and I understand a lot of what happens in in the world and what happens in a lot of different cultures. And I think that really was what kind of sparked my interest Um, from a pretty young age when I first went to Mexico was what sparked my interest in learning about other cultures and learning different languages, things like that. As soon as I got the opportunity in school to learn something other than French, I jumped on that. So I took Spanish For one year turns out it was not really my thing Uh, and when I got to high school I found out that they offered Japanese and I thought oh that'd be very interesting you know I'm very much into uh, anime and all that kind of stuff and so I figured "Hmm, this would be interesting for me to learn and I did take three years of high school Japanese uh, which was probably one of the best courses that I took while I was in high school. I've also been a musician for a number of years in different ways i first started playing piano when i was very very young i think my mom enrolled me when i was like six maybe earlier and i did piano for most of elementary school and i think kind of dropped out of it around grade five or six so that was great because it really gave me a strong foundation in music so that when i did decide to go on to it later on in middle school i had a pretty good understanding of it uh, when i was in middle school uh, originally i had wanted to play alto sax but they had too many alto sax players and so my second choice was trumpet and it turned out that that worked out extremely well for me uh, because i ended up being one of the top trumpet players. Um, Not so much at first, I actually had a really hard time learning it in grade seven, just because I was such a small kid and trying to get that much breath control on an instrument that I really wasn't used to, uh, took quite a bit of time. Uh, But once I got used to it, I found that I was performing really well. And I ended up doing really well throughout middle school. And then when I got to high school, I was you know, I w- was constantly getting solos and that kind of stuff. I was f- featured in a bunch of different band concerts. Uh, and in my grade 12 year, I did win um, concert band as well as jazz band musician of the year. Uh, so that was really cool for me. Uh, I also won top grade 12 Japanese student, but that really wasn't that hard. There's only like four kids in the class. But yeah, that's just a little bit about my life and uh, growing up until... High school. uh, After high school, I really knew that I wanted to do something music related because that was always kind of my passion as I was growing up and going through school. So when I got out of high school, originally, my plan was to take was to take a course for teaching English as a second language. And then when I would be done with that, I would go on, teach English overseas for a few years just to make some money and whatnot. And then I was going to go into a program that uh offered here in Kelowna for audio engineering unfortunately uh, it didn't work out with the teaching english as a second language Uh, i just found that it wasn't for me Um, i did go through all of the courses i did relatively well in the courses but when i got to the end of it i just decided this is something that i really don't want to do so i didn't end up going through with it so i just kind of worked some full-time jobs and all that kind of stuff for about a year or two until I got enrolled at the center for arts and technology Okanagan, which is where I went to school for two years to become a certified audio engineer, uh, which is pretty much just dealing with recording production, all of that kind of stuff as well as doing sound effects and pretty much everything audio related. When I got done with that, Uh, My original goal was to try and get on doing either live sound production or working in a small recording studio, stuff like that. Um, Unfortunately, there isn't really a huge market for it where I am. And I did look at moving to Vancouver for quite some time and it just didn't end up working out. I just couldn't find a way to make it work for me. And I had too many things going on here in Kelowna that I just didn't want to move away from. I had a relationship at the time that I just wasn't comfortable leaving. And so I ended up staying here in Kelowna and working a bunch of different jobs. I worked a bunch in retail and all that kind of stuff. I started you know, doing a couple of audio projects on the side. I did some sound effect design for a couple of independent video games. And I did a lot of live sound stuff uh, as a volunteer with all these different conventions. Uh, I started doing, you know, some live sound at some different shows throughout the, the Okanagan and that kind of stuff. And then eventually I started getting into working with uh, audio books and podcasts and all that kind of stuff. And I thought to myself, hmm, this is kind of interesting. Maybe I should try this for myself. And so that's kind of where the idea originally began for this podcast. Uh, So, like I said, I want this podcast to be mostly focused around nerdy stuff. Probably mostly uh, talking about tabletop and things of that nature. Uh, I was first introduced to D &D and D into tabletop actually for the first big time, really, when I met my current girlfriend. Uh, She was huge into the DD show called critical role and she really embraced everything about the dungeons and dragons lifestyle and creating characters and all that kind of stuff and through her and a lot of my other friends i eventually started getting into it myself i've played a couple of campaigns since then um ranging from doing everything from a druid to a bard um a fighter to all sorts of different stuff Uh, primarily speaking i do like bard because well obviously i'm a musician but yeah i've kind of just done a whole bunch of different stuff and then i would say about two years ago as part of going to these conventions and meeting people and whatnot i stumbled across a game by a company called lunar games called endless realms and to me this game just seemed so interesting it was very similar to what i was used to with Dungeons and Dragons, but with an entirely different campaign setting that was just unique from everything else that I had seen. And also with its complete own set of races and classes and magic and all that kind of stuff. And I thought, wow, this is a game that is not just, you know, its own version of Dungeons and Dragons. It is an entirely different new thing So I supported it right from the get-go. I made sure to pick up all the books and everything for it. And for the longest time, I kind of just sat on the books and was reading them and thinking, wow, this is amazing. When am I going to get a chance to play this with other people? And not long ago, maybe about three months or so ago, I finally was able to get enough people together to start playing it. And this was actually my first time ever running a campaign. And I was super scared. I didn't know how it was going to go. I thought, oh, you know, like, are people going to like this? Am I going to be entertaining? Am I going to be able to keep the story going? And I was really surprised because not only did the people that I was playing with make it really easy for me to just bounce ideas off of them and just go, 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 go. um, But they actually really enjoyed the story creation that I had put into it and how I could just pick up on what they were doing and move the story along. And we've been having a great time with it ever since. Uh, We meet every other week, um, obviously, except for over the holidays, things were just a little mental. Um, But we do meet every two weeks and it's a party of it's a party of five and myself as the dungeon master game master so a little bit about this world uh, is kind of just what i wanted to talk about today because more than likely i will be podcasting the episodes and posting them on this channel as well so i just wanted to give you guys a bit of background as to what endless realms is and kind of how our campaign has gone so far So the first thing that you need to know about Endless Realms is that as opposed to a traditional D20 system, uh, which is used a 20-sided die with most other tabletop games, this is a game that's based on a D10, uh, which is fairly uncommon. There's not very many systems that use a D10, um, but it works quite a bit better because you do still get a fairly dynamic range between... Uh, getting rolls of one to ten, and also just their entire system has been made so that it is quite diverse. So you do still get quite a few different options. Only having a ten-sided die, the way that their system works is very kind of it's very kind of similar to D and D in a sense where you know you do still have your your stats and your abilities, um, and kind of similar to three point five, you have talents that you can put points into. Uh, kind of similar to like skills and ranks, you're able to learn spells and all that kind of stuff if you're a spellcaster, or you know, learn all sorts of skills if you're a martial class, and that allows you to traverse through the world. So, now the world of Endless Realms is set in a world called Loomis, uh, which is one world of the many worlds that exist kind of within this universe. Uh, The reason that it's called Endless Realms is because there are there are spirits that exist within this universe and they're able to open portals as well as some of the other actual gods are able to open portals between these different worlds that exist. And so they open up these different realms, thus the title. Endless Realms. So most of the campaigns take place on the general world, which houses all nine of the major races called Loomis. And for the most part, um, a lot of the stuff that's been made so far has been featured around the main continent on Loomis, which is called Euphoria. So Euphoria is a very large continent, has a lot of different things it has tundra, mountains, deserts, jungles, forests, all that kind of stuff. And like I was saying earlier, it's full of spirits and spirits, particularly like Loomis and Luphoria, because it's full of spirit energy that they can feed on, which is why there are so many different spirits and so many different portals to different realms throughout Loomis. Uh, so that was kind of something that I thought was very interesting about this particular style of campaign, is that there's the possibility for you to kind of just go rampant with it, and you can kind of just create things or create these portals to different worlds, kind of just however you want as a game master. And I thought, wow, that's just so open and so freeing, and just built into the main campaign of this game. So we put together, so I put together a campaign and the campaign that i decided i was going to run is going to be featured on something called corruption which is something that can happen to spirits when they take in energy that is not their primary type of energy so if it's a spirit that deals in you know nature energy or something like that and then they start stealing you know fire energy or something like that it will corrupt the spirit and essentially makes them turn in a sense evil so I wanted to set something up. Uh, There's something that's explained both in the book and on the map uh, in the middle of one of the oceans called the Eye of the Storm, uh, which is just known as this giant raging storm that happens in the middle of the sea, and anybody that has ever traveled there has gone missing and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so I decided to kind of expand on that a little bit and make it so that the reason that there was this huge storm is because there was a it was a seal that was holding back a bunch of these corrupted evil spirits um, that were corrupted by the power of death energy and controlling the death of the people of Loomis. And through that, the two gods that oversee life and death, uh, which together are collectively known as the dual god, noticed that this seal that them and, and other spirits had placed to keep these corrupted spirits there had started to weaken. And so they had reached out in dreams to five individuals who were to come together so that they could stop this weakening of the seal and stop these corrupted spirits from escaping. Uh, So with that being said, they all met in a small town uh, just kind of on the coast, very close to the eye of the storm, uh, where the five of them met each other and met a shrine keeper called Yang, who told them all about this like corruption of spirits and told them that the dual god had summoned them for a very specific purpose to go out and find these spirits that would help them to contain whatever was behind the eye of the storm or if necessary help them fight if the seal was weakened through some dreams and through people knowing a little bit about the landscape uh, they decided that they need to make their way to a volcano where they know that there is a large spirit that resides And the volcano is called mount vator uh, so they've currently started their journey there uh, in terms of our players Uh, We have our five players, like I said earlier. Uh, We'll start with uh, my girlfriend, Peggy, who is playing what is called an Almiran. The Almiran are essentially a very humanoid race uh, with lapine legs, uh, bunny ears, and a unicorn horn. Uh, They live for a very, very long time, thousands of years, similar to elves in other mythologies and they pride themselves on wisdom and knowledge and learning and learning about the different cultures and all that different stuff so they have quite an affinity for learning and magic and all of that kind of stuff and she is playing a class called a dancer Uh, dancers are essentially a magic wielding swordsman kind of class so she wields two swords and controls what is called chaos energy, which allows her to affect the area around here, affect the creatures around here, as well as play with emotional states. Uh, So it allows her to, at the same time, be a melee fighter, but also be able to control the chaos around her and create chaos. Uh, Our next player is uh, somebody that I actually met from Facebook. Uh, I do in a Facebook group called Blossoming Anime Kelowna that is just a gathering place for all sorts of, you know, anime and cosplay nerds to meet together um, in the Kelowna area. And sometimes we'll do events, like we'll do sushi dinner, or that kind of stuff um, but i met her through that facebook group when i was looking for players and she is playing what is called a dengu, which is essentially a small kind of mole like creature uh, that primarily lives and works underground uh, they have a bit of bit of a resistance to to being in the dark while they don't like being in the light as much uh, so generally speaking if they are out in the sunshine they need to wear goggles And they also have an affinity to shiny objects. They very much like to gather gold and other shiny materials, not only just in terms of wealth, but in terms of just decorating their houses or decorating themselves. They love things that shine. And she is playing the barbarian race, which is very similar to a barbarian in D&D. It's just grab large things get angry and smash stuff Uh, so as a new player she hasn't really done a lot of role-playing before honestly i thought that it was a great choice and it offers an interesting kind of dichotomy as being the literally the smallest of all of the races and to just be this huge powerhouse within the group was this wonderful thing uh, the next player in our party is my brother uh, I've been talking about and playing D&D with my brother for like three years now. Uh, it's just something that we both really enjoy and something that's kind of brought us together, especially in, in more recent years. Uh, and he talked about like wanting to join this and give this a shot. Uh, so he is playing what is called a yakshi, which are very similar to Ents or tree people. They're essentially just large sentient trees that are very interesting in the fact that they're all born of this one kind of like nature god or this like the the main tree. Um, I won't go too much into that, uh, just because some of our other players don't know too much about this, and I want it to be kind of a surprise to them when they get there. And with the Yakshi, there's two different types of Yakshi. There's those that are kind of followers of this large tree entity, and then there are those that have been cast aside. And my brother is playing the role of one of those that has been cast aside, uh, and he is playing a class called an animancer. Animancers are a very interesting class in the fact that they're they're a class that deals mostly with balance. So when I say that they're a class that deals mostly in balance, what I mean is that they use two different types of conflicting energy. They use um, life energy and death energy, and they have to use them in a particular balance. Uh, They can use their spells as normal or they can essentially enhance them with the powers of life and death. Uh, If they do that, though, there are adverse effects on their body where they have to essentially use spells from the opposite end of things in order to restore balance. It can be used without using these upgraded abilities and just gives you the ability to control life and death. So it gives you the ability to use life to manipulate living things around you or death to, you know, cause greater suffering to those creatures around you. So it's a very interesting and very complex class, uh, which is why I thought my brother would enjoy it and why I kind of said, you know, I think you should try this because he is a more seasoned dnd player he's been playing for years and years and years he's dm'd a bunch of his own games so i wanted something that was going to be challenging for him so i suggested that he, that he play it and he's been having a fantastic time with it so far our next player is a good friend of both mine and my girlfriend peggy's uh, whose name is steve he is playing an ulvar kir Uh, The Ulvark here are essentially large, lumbering, um, pretty much saber-toothed tiger-esque people that were living in the northern areas where it's quite tundra-like. They are a true powerhouse. They can carry a ton and all that kind of stuff. Uh, He has decided that uh, his character is going to be playing a warden. A warden is very similar to kind of like a ranger slash rogue character in other settings. So they very much deal on tracking, hunting, all that kind of stuff, as well as being sneaky and primarily using bows and long distance weapons and the like in order to do their attacking. Again, like kind of a very interesting dichotomy, similarly to the Ardengu Barbarian, where it's an here, which is a very large, you know, very powerful creature playing a very sneaky, stealthy, very much long range character. And uh, finally, we have, again, somebody that I met through doing the events with Blossoming Anime Kelowna, uh, who has very quickly become a really good friend of mine, whose name is Dan. He is playing what is called a Kalamir. Uh, the Calamir are very interesting because they were developed on an alternate world as a type of warrior to fight a war between a light and dark race that that each had their own side of this alternate world and then eventually they made their way to leuphoria uh, so they are very much a war-torn kind of battle-hardened race um, and he is playing what is called a judicar now the judicars are very interesting in the world of endless realms because they can do a variety of things for the most part they are lawmakers and law enforcement uh, as they kind of add like the judges over like, everything that happens in the realms, hence the term judicar. Uh, this particular style of judicar that Dan is playing is one that believes that while laws are important, there are a lot of things that can you know, change and adapt and whatnot, and learning to deal within the law based on circumstance. So his character is very much about, you know, just making sure that people are working harmoniously and are working together and to try and fix things that he sees throughout the world that could potentially stop that from happening. Like I said, this party came together, uh, drawn in by a dream that they had uh, that brought them to a small coastal village called Takagi. When they got to Takagi, they were, they met up with this shrine keeper called Yiyang. Uh, Yiyang told them about their purpose, which was to help stop the uh, spread of corruption and death from these spirits that were trapped in the eye of the storm, and told them they'd have to seek out uh, several great spirits in order to gain their energy and gain their power to help them stop this kind of stuff they decided that like through knowing some information about the large spirits of the realm they know that there is a large spirit that resides within Mount bator which is a volcano I talked about earlier so they are making sorry they are making their way there they've you know they've been through a couple encounters they had some encounters when they first got to the shrine Uh, they've had some encounters with the townsfolk and with some of the creatures that uh, live in the forest area around there but they're still very much new to their journey now the other thing that i want to talk about with endless realms is the way that combat works because it's a very i'm gonna say that it's slightly complicated but it makes things move very very quickly and that's really fun because then you can spend a good amount of time going between role playing and combat and you feel like you got a decent amount of combat done without it taking a ton of time so essentially how it works is rather than rolling to see if you hit and then rolling to see how much damage you do uh you simply roll an attack and the person that you're attacking rolls defense and depending on the difference in the values between them uh, first of all it determines whether or not you hit if their defense rolls higher then obviously you don't hit if their defense roll is lower then you do hit and then depending on the amount over that your attack was if you do hit depends on how much damage you do so if you're doing if you're within one to three you do what's called a low amount of damage and if you do more than three you do what's called a high amount of damage and so Some attacks will have what is called high and low, and others will just have a static amount of damage. Generally speaking, the static amount of damage is presented with spells. Um, And using this system, of course, there's things that you can do to help you roll better. You can get advantage or disadvantage on attacks and defense and all that kind of stuff. While it's very simplistic where there's pretty much just you roll to attack or you roll to defend, there are some modifiers and things like that that you can add to it. Like if you're using a melee attack, then you're using, what is called precision if you're using a long range attack you're using what is called acuity uh, which is your essentially your ability to focus and aim in there's essentially two different types of damage reduction uh, which like for when you're defending against attacks uh, which, are, which is DR, which is literally just damage reduction, which is against you know, physical attacks, physical things attacking you. And then there's magic reduction, which of course is against magical effects. And using that, while you know, you may not roll a very good defense roll, if you have a really good magic resistance, or you have a spell that ups your magic resistance, you might not get hurt as much. Uh, so that's kind of how Endless Realms works. Uh, like I said, they've just started their journey onto Mount Vitor and onto the city at the base of Mount Vitor. Uh, they've currently made their way to their second city, which is where we've paused the campaign for now. Something to keep in mind is that all the players were chosen by this god for a very specific reason because of a dichotomy within their character. With Peggy, the dichotomy is that she very much wants to you know study and learn more about the world and learn different kinds of dance., uh, but at the same time, she ran into a creature that has become essentially her ward and that she is very interested in protecting and taking on in kind of a motherly role. So it has that, interesting dichotomy to her character for those of you that are wondering this character's name is roshi Uh, he is a young what they call selene which is kind of like a lizard type creature Uh, he's had some accidents and he has a prosthetic tail uh, which is very interesting for the selene because they generally use their tails a sense of balance and a sense of being able to do things quite dexterously Uh, so him having a prosthetic tail uh, also adds adds an interesting dynamic to his character Uh, in terms of our campaign he is very much just considered more like a companion creature to peggy we're not going to be playing him as a regular character he's kind of just going to be able to you know run around and do things throughout town that the party wants him to do and throughout combat he'll mostly just stay to the side or be cowering in fear that kind of stuff For Janice, for her Dengu Barbarian, it's again, it's a very small, very timid creature that is a very like raging, just wants to, you know, just wants to hit things and wants to be powerful kind of a character. So there's that dichotomy there with my brother's character um, being one of those uh, yakshi that is kind of discarded from the others uh, has that dichotomy within himself of wanting to you know make his way back into that society um, but knowing that there is a balance between life and death and that if he pushes things too far then things could get out of control so very interesting dichotomy for his character Um, for steve playing the olvarkir warden of you no know, very large lumbering creature and everything like that, but uses a very finesse style of fighting and all that kind of stuff. And then Dan being our Calamir, which is again is a very war-torn race, uh playing as a Jutakar, so playing somebody who's meant to create order and stability and all these kind of things when you were literally created to cause chaos and war. And so that's specifically why these characters were chosen. Um uh, they have kind of gotten Maybe an inkling of that, but they haven't really discovered that that's why they were chosen. All they know is that they were chosen by the gods of life and death, and they were the ones that sent them on this journey. They're still all kind of coming to grips with what what their reasoning was for being chosen and why they're supposed to be going on this journey, what this journey means to them, all that kind of stuff. It makes for some very, especially with all of their very varied backgrounds and they not really knowing much about each other, it makes for some very interesting role play opportunities within the group and a chance for them to learn all these, you know, secrets and stuff about the other players i'm very interested to see how that goes Uh, like i said i will be posting episodes of that via the podcast channel so pretty much the biggest thing that i wanted to end this with now that you know a little bit about me and a little bit about some of the content that you're going to be seeing on the channel is what are some things that you would like to see would you like to just see more of those episodes when I'm not doing those episodes? What would you like to see? Would you like to see content talking about d or would you like to see content talking about movies, video games, um, conversations with my friends just about their life and about different nerdy things that they've done in their life? Uh, so I'm leaving it very much up to you. Of course, you can contact me via my Facebook page or you can contact me via email. I'll post my email that you can reach me at in the links below. But uh, thank you all so much for listening. And hopefully we can build a relationship together through this podcast and I can get to know some more of you in this community. I just love it when people who are into this kind of stuff can come together and create a community and create a bond and it's just a beautiful thing that I've seen working in conventions and working with all these different groups. And so I really wanted to do something to, in a way, give back and foster another community where people can feel heard and listened to. And we can just talk about cool stuff. Uh, again, this is the Crit Me podcast. My name's Matthew, and may all your dice rolls be critical once again thank you all for listening this podcast is brought to you by lunar games the makers of endless realms Uh, for more information please check them out at endless realms rpg and also check out their current kickstarter the fungi fight for freedom which has been fully funded endless realms is a fantastic game and we thank lunar games so much for letting us use their system and give you this podcast Uh, again if you want any more information about the game or about lunar games in general uh, just look at their social medias for Endless Realms RPG or Lunar Games.